like our name is is level it's business in balance and we're firm believers that you can balance all of this stuff right so by treating people with dignity with respect by giving them opportunities uh, and success is just a byproduct of doing the right thing and we're living proof that if you do the right thing hey good things happen welcome to the joe momo presents podcast this is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. Guests, actually, plural. Uh, Brian and Chantel Malloy. They're the co-founders of Level. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Joe. Pleasure to have you guys. Let's just jump right into it. How about you guys tell us a little, about, a little bit about who you are and what you guys do? Okay, I am, I'm Brian Malloy. I'm the president and CEO of Level. Um, Level is a business and technology services company. Uh, we have a couple of different um, lines of business around talent. Uh, so think of us as headhunting and stuff like that. I guess it goes a little bit deeper than that, but we've got that. We've got uh, organizational change uh, and business solutions lines of, of business as well. Uh, we have some specialized employment programs and software and testing. Well, I think we'll get into that a little bit later, looking at some of what's coming. Um, and we're, we're a small company. We've been around seven years, but we do have some significant uh, differentiation in all our lines of business that actually allowed us exponential growth. And we actually were able to make uh, McLean's Magazine in December 2020 as one of Canada's fastest growing startups. So uh, that was a, a pretty big feat. And then, of course, COVID. So it got interesting after that. But hey, we're still around. So <laughs> I love that. One of the things I did see on your profile, uh, Brian, on LinkedIn, actually, was that technology is your trade. People are your passion and business is your drive. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, what that means to you. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I began my career in technology back in, in, oh gosh, 1981. Uh, and that I was, I was explaining to, to Chantal, I was looking at some stats. In 1981, they had these big IBM massive mainframe computers, big IBM 3090. They were, they were about the size of your living room and they had to be cooled by liquid because they got so hot doing all these calculations. And today, the same calculation that you could do on the laptop that we're filming this on, um, would take about one second. On those computers, it would take two minutes to do that same calculation. So the processing power has massively changed. And um, I was always fascinated by technology and I got into it, into that in, you know, as a, as a developer and then as a project manager. And I really like the technology piece, but I like working with people. And I like explaining to people what this technology does, what it can do, where it can go. And I think that just bringing those two together uh, and to help people um, really is, is the passion and stuff. And so that's really what the company was, was based on when we started it seven years ago. Awesome. And one of, one of the other things I, I noticed during my research, uh, maybe Chantel, you could uh, speak to this, but I noticed that gender equality and diversity is a big key in your guys's uh, business strategies. So uh, I just love to know more about uh, that aspect of things. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's so important to us. So thank you, Joe, for that question. Because when we 
started level seven years ago. And obviously we're a married couple, you know, Malloy, Malloy. Still married after seven. <laughs> we're married after seven, working in the same house through pandemic. It's going really well. So it's good. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> But when we started, what was important, obviously Brian and I share the same values, same, same uh, value for family, same value for treating people well. And we didn't always experience that in our careers. No surprise, not, you know, uh, <laughs> it's tough out there sometimes. So when we said we're going to start level and we're going to start a company, it's going to be about who we are as people. And we started under a different name, uh, one that nobody could pronounce, uh, which we won't even bother saying. <laughs> and then years in, we're like, there's something wrong. It's not congruent with who we are is our name and our brand. And that's what a lot of young startup companies go through anyways, is you start out and then, and then this isn't who we are. So we actually worked with a marketing company to, to rebrand ourselves to level and level truly is the culmination of who we are as people treating everybody equal and creating opportunity, creating space for equality, creating opportunity that isn't there. So fighting for that. So when we started Level, it was truly ingrained in who we are and everything that we do. So we're passionate about it to the point where it now guides us. Like when we when we think about, should we get involved in this program? Should we get involved in this project? What could we do more here? Um, you, you name it, whether it's our Indigenous community. Uh, I'm involved with Black North, with, with Black Canadians that aren't getting a, a fair shake. I'm involved at Distress Centre with mental health. What can we be doing? to improve that for people and then how in our lines of business can we open up those opportunities so it is truly who we are and what's cool when you figure that out is it is who we are so we just live that and we make decisions based on that and it's easy it's like we're not we're not struggling to say should we or shouldn't we do that well no that's not level that's not that's not how we see the world and that's not what we want to create here. And that's why we started our company and left corporate roles that we that we were both in before. Awesome. One one thing I always love to touch on on with guests that come on the podcast is that jump from, like you said, corporate to entrepreneurship and sort of the challenges that uh, come with that. And I don't like to call them failures because I think there's always learning opportunity in uh, challenges. But for you guys, what maybe was something that's maybe a big failure or challenge that you guys experienced in those seven years building, building up level? Whew, which one do you want to start with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, um, it's been a ride. I, I've, I've always worked in large companies. I mean, 20 years at Canadian National Railways in several different cities across the country, uh, you know, Shaw Communications, some, some large companies um uh, like that and i i think i was terrified to be an entrepreneur i i didn't know how to be i was scared to death of doing it uh and i said to to a joke uh to chantal just before i got tired of getting fired so i decided <laughs> i'm gonna do something on my own right and and but i'm scared to death and, and you know chantal said and and family and actually some of um our colleagues and today current customers said um you guys got this man do it and just you know do the same thing you've been doing and um i can't mention some names because they're companies that we do business with today uh, but they said you do this and we've got your back and we have not looked back right so um there's things as an entrepreneur uh, that you get to do um, that you can't get fired for, Joe. <laughs> you know, um, and, and so you know, pushing the envelope, you know, making mistakes uh, and and stuff like that. 
that's how you learn. That's how you get stronger. That's how you grow. And when you empower your team with that same stuff, that's how they learn, that's how they get stronger and that's how they grow. And really that the team that we've got is amazing. And they're the ones that have pushed us to the pinnacle of where we are today with that. Yeah. And I would add to that, that, Oh, we've learned so many things, but if I think about the pandemic and didn't we all learn uh, what happened over the last two years and we're still, we're still kind of in it, but we were, we, business was tough. Like it was tough for a lot of people in consulting and the things, things that we do for sure. So we're not alone, but what we learned is how do you guide a team through that? How do you, when times are down? So, you know, it's nice when things are going well and we were in major, major growth and then things flattened out and now we're growing again. So great. But through that, you've got this opportunity to say, okay, let's bring our team under our wing with us. And we were just completely transparent with every member of our team and said, you know, it's going to be tough. Here's what's going on. We're losing some business. Uh, Here's what we, let's do this together. We've got your back. They had ours and everybody rolled up their sleeves and said, let's do this. And we managed to do a lot of operational things that needed to get done because we could, you know, you got a little bit of time to take your foot off, off the same growth pace. And we fixed a lot of things in our business. We worked on our, I didn't say even we had to work on our team culture. It just kind of derived from it, but this is the same team that's with us now. And we are growing like crazy this year. And, and they were there for us and we showed them we'll, we'll share everything with you if you take this ride. So that's the biggest thing I've learned is don't, as entrepreneurs, we forget to trust others and share the load. Like you always think you have to take it on yourself and you have to, Oh, we're going to shield that from them because I don't want anybody worrying and then when we figured out, like, you know what, we better be all in and share this load because like we're going to, one, not make it as humans. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, you know, we're, we're doing this together. It's already tough. So that was amazing. So I, that's the biggest thing I learned. And now I, I even approach leadership now differently on, okay, where can I, where can these uh, this team members help us? And they love the chance to do that too, right? You're giving people the wings to do something themselves. Absolutely. You'd mentioned that you guys are growing like crazy, even after COVID or post uh, pandemic, if you will. But for you guys, what maybe the success look like, whether it be personally or professionally, how would you define success? Hmm. Um, I think we, we both kind of agreed. It's, it's the culture again about um, success is, is really, it, it's helping others. So, and it's like the core of who we are. So, um, it's taking care of, you know, the level family through COVID and, and, you know, it's helping find people that don't have jobs through COVID to find jobs. And, and it's really, you know, that, that success, uh, I guess that is success for us is, it, I mean, you do all these great things. You feel good about it. Sometimes you make money doing these things, which you feel great about too, then, right? <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, it starts with um, setting a goal, setting a a point in time and then trying to achieve that goal. And then when we do saying, hey, we're going to help X number of people get a a job uh, or, you know, the thing that we did with all the women in in Rwanda um, said, hey, we're going to get, you know, Rwanda on the map. We're going to help these women find jobs in tech, blah, blah, blah. So we did that. And then operationalize those things. That's success, right? And um, we're still yeah. pumped about all the stuff that we've been able to do, you know, as a little company um, with women in tech in, in Rwanda. So, and we've actually taken that, Joe, now that same 
the same group of people, teachers, uh, and learning curriculum. And we are bringing that starting on Monday, Monday uh, with our Indigenous communities in Canada, beginning with Treaty 7. So the same thing to get them a, a globally recognized um, certificate uh, from ISTQB um, and to help level the playing field um, in, in tech for the Indigenous communities as part of our economic reconciliation, right? So again, helping others, knowing the, the, the things that we've been blessed with and the ability to do this, that's, that's what drives you. And that's what gives you these 100-hour work weeks consistently. <laughs> you know, but it's, that's the motivator behind it, or behind it is doing that. Yeah, and leaving people, right? Like the success, we talked a lot about that when we when we kind of were thinking about today's podcast too, but leaving people in a better place than when we met them. That That's how I would summarize success. And yeah, we all have to make a living. Yes, we want our business to be financially viable because then we can do more of that. Like, but what's the driving motivation of that? Is it is it to make the money? Um, no, but it, yes, it will come if you do the right things in the right way and you do need it to do even more good. So, it, you know, it shouldn't be seen as evil that we're a company that wants to be profitable. But again, what's our intent and why and why are we doing things? Yeah, it's it's yeah. like our name is is level. It's business in balance. And we're firm believers that you can balance all of this stuff. Right. So by treating people with dignity, with respect, by giving them opportunities uh, and success is just a byproduct of doing the right thing. And we're living proof that if you do the right thing, Hey, good things happen. Sounds like you guys are really leveling the playing field and giving back to the community. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Just being a resource to people. I I really love the give back aspect, Uh, but for you guys has, what has been your guys's, best resource for you guys along your journey in entrepreneurship? Well, best resources, I guess, I I, I probably, I would have to say family, friends, partners, business colleagues, like you don't have all the answers, Um, especially as you, you know, you've never been down these journeys before. Like, so it's to be able to kind of, you know, dial a friend or or something Mm -hmm. like that, where somebody that, you have as a business mentor in the past. Um, and that's why family is, is pretty important. I know there's sometimes that was sharing um, with some folks that uh, I get frustrated sometimes with some of the, you know, the unethical things that I see in business and stuff. And, and I get really angry. And then I, you know, I phone my parents <laughs> and, and they kind of talk me down. And, and my, my stepdad says to me, he says, you know what? He says, you like driving fast you should take the high road in life. There's less traffic up there and you can drive faster. So I said, great. And I try to remember that all the time, right? But all the great things and the support when times are rough, um, you know, you can reach out to those folks and they just pump you up and keep you going. Absolutely. One thing I did want to ask, I think it's sort of a unique, maybe a unique uh, scenario for you guys, but how do you guys find work-life balance? Uh, always being in the business, being married, business partners as well. How do you, how do you guys find uh, sanity outside the craziness of entrepreneurship? Yeah. It, well, so it's interesting because, you know, some would say, you know, some colleagues say to us, oh my how do the two of you work together? <laughs> I don't know that I can do that. You know, we, we've heard those things and, and yeah, it's not for everybody. We're all in. So I, I think right now how hard this would be 
if only one of us was all in, like when there is a couple and one of you is an entrepreneur and you're running your own business and then what is the other person doing, whether, whether they're, you know, in a, in a company or have their own thing going, the advantage we have is that we're all in, uh, also scary, but so like, it just has to work (laughs) (laughs) because, uh, this is, this is what we've chosen. This is what we want to do with our life. This is what we want to create and we want to grow this team. So we're, we're doing it together. So we're committed to it. And now you've got a partner, you know? So if I have a bad day, you know, I can like tag them in, you know, I'm like, I'm like tag, I'm going to not be around. <laughs> I'm going to go down and grab a coffee. I need to, you know, decompress. And then it's the same thing. And so we have each other's back and we, we lead as a pair. We do some different things, which is nice too. We found a sweet spot of what we're, what we each really complement each other with, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I can't imagine coming home, not coming home. We're like at home. <laughs> Our offices are like two floors apart. Um, and uh, I can't imagine anything else because this is my life partner and this is my business. And this is, and and we still love to play tennis together on the weekends and go do, we play competitive squash and it's, we still like to go do that together. So yeah. we'll see, we'll see what he thinks here, but I <laughs> personally think it's, it's empowering to do this with a life partner. Joe, I'm tired of getting beaten at squash and tennis. Neither of us <laughs> like to lose. Um, so it gets some kind, sometimes a little contentious uh, on, on the court. But when you've, when you've got somebody like that, when you're blessed with a partner like that, that's your soulmate, your best friend, somebody you love, the, the rest is easy. Like where we are in this together. I think, I don't think either of us alone would, would have been able to do this, what we've been doing. And we're so, our values are the same, but we're so different. So Chantel, um, is so calm and level-headed and I'm your typical Scott, somebody I'm on the ceiling sometimes, uh, you, you know, and then she's just the voice of reason that kind of brings us back. I may be out there trying to sell things and she's going to be, you know, bring me back to reality. No, we can't do that sort of thing. So it really, it, it really goes well. And it's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of things that we get to do together, which is we're pretty blessed. It sounds like you guys are perfectly in sync and aligned, which is which is really awesome to see. <laughs> um, what's what's maybe one common myth about entrepreneurship now that you've been sort of uh, running the business for the last seven years? What's maybe a common myth that you see about entrepreneurship that you wish uh, would be debunked? Ooh, um, so probably about the the managing or people. Oh no, that would be yeah, yeah yeah. So about entrepreneurship. I don't know, though, I'd say I don't know if it's a myth, if people think it's all rosy. I don't know anybody that thought that. But sometimes before someone takes that leap, there's two things I've heard. One, there's the fear of taking the leap. So if there's a myth around, oh, what if I fail? You know, I'm not I couldn't possibly do this. I've I've only ever worked for, you know, a company. Um, That's a myth that I would bust, because if you in our opinions and my opinion, if you do something with passion and good intent, and it's something you're good at, and you work hard at it, you are going to succeed. Now, that might mean it doesn't mean it's all going to take in the first one, but it will lead you, I believe, to where you need to be led or what you should have been doing. So 
that's a myth that you can't do it on your own. And if you're in a company, if you think at how hard you work for a company, for someone else, if you worked just as hard for yourself, could, would you not, would you not do well? Like uh, you just, you just would like, that's what I would say to someone. So my myth would be about, Oh, I couldn't possibly be an entrepreneur. I couldn't possibly own a business. So regardless of whether that's, you know, young women or, or those that haven't had the same advantage that, that, that we have, that's what I would want to say is, is go for it. Surround yourself with good people that, um, that your people that trust you, you know, that are there for you regardless. And yeah, your crew. I think. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Just have that blind faith in yourself and just work hard at it. Like you never know what's going to happen. Just if you have that resiliency, I like to call it from bouncing back from challenges and just uh, going for it. Just good things are bound to happen. I like to say so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What would you say? How has Calgary changed from when you first started uh, to now? Mm. Probably in the last seven years the, and actually just over the last couple of years because of COVID. So the job market has really changed, not just in Calgary, in Canada and the U.S. Um, so what we're seeing now in, in our, our talent um, solutions side of our business, you used to have, I would say eight months ago, um, if you had a, a resource that you were looking for a job, you'd have about six weeks of leeway where there was negotiating back and forth mm -hmm. and, and stuff. Today, um, you're seeing if you have that same person after two weeks, you're going to be pretty lucky because there's so much demand mm -hmm. for these resources um, right now. And then if you look at COVID has, has proved that, hey, you know, you can work from home and a lot of people did and they don't really want to go back. You know, so the majority of people that we talk to just say that, hey, you know what, um, I'm going to leave because my company wants me to come back full time. And I kind of liked working at home without the travel and the flexibility. So uh, and then what's happening as well, because of all these inflationary pressures, the cost of living is starting to go up and you're getting people saying, well, I also, uh, you know, I'm going to do this at this job and I want a $20 an hour increase. Uh, you know, so it, there's all this perfect storm of of stuff. So I think the pendulum has really swung to be on the on the workers and candidates side for for jobs and stuff. And companies mm -hmm. are seeing that pressure. So companies have to get a little bit more creative about and be more flexible um, and treat people a little bit different, right? So it's um, if you want to retain that staff. Right. So. Yeah, I think tech too, like tech in Calgary. And I don't know, I sometimes think, has that changed or is it that people are just realizing it now? Because Calgary's always been kind of this very entrepreneurial spirit uh, city as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I've been here almost my whole life, born in Montreal, but but raised raised in Calgary since I was a child. So I've always felt that here and it, it might be, it's, it's not known if you don't live here, but for sure there's been a tech uh, a tech and innovation increase in Calgary in this last little little wave through the pandemic, but prior, but now coming and then with, you know, oil and gas and everything and, and asking, you know, we, what are our other diverse industries? 
that's huge. I mean, they're the the Calgary Economic Forum and everything that they're doing to to have, you know, your head office should be Calgary and all these tech startups. And that's very exciting. Uh, and it's an exciting city to live in. And it's certainly in what we do, which is business and technology consulting. I mean, it's very cool and it's it's right in your backyard. But I also think Calgary, like like everywhere, becoming more diverse. Um, long way to go. But, but so, but, but, you know, there's these little gains, like, uh, it just feels like, okay, like we're talking about a lot more than we ever could before. We're, we're, um, and so that, that goes back to kind of our, you know, what we talked about at the beginning and our mission on, on level and, and playing field, but it's just really important that everybody does that. Like, and, and Calgary, I think there's more opportunity now to get involved. And so, you know, I'm a white Canadian. I should be linking arms with my, with my black friends and colleagues and saying, we're all doing this together or the indigenous community and the program that we're putting in, because it's not about, that's what it, like, it's just, it's all of us talking about it. And so Calgary to me, that feels a little, like, I don't know that I saw that as much here in my own backyard as I feel I've seen over the last two years. I don't know. No, absolutely. We're more than just uh, oil and gas for sure. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love how you mentioned that a rising tide should lift all boats and you should level mm-hmm. the playing field, but everybody kind of feels that growth and trend upwards as well. So I love, I love how uh, you guys' work is uh, trying to, trying to accomplish that. So what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Oh, I, yes. I, okay. I have a good one for that. Okay, one, go. Joe. The one question that I never get asked that I wish I was asked, would you take a hundred million dollars for your company? <laughs> yes. That's a good question. Yeah, somebody asks me that, I know what my answer but, will be. <laughs> and then we were talking about uh, networking. Um, so, you know, networking events, you know, whether you love or hate them, you know, great to meet, you know, why do we do it? We want to meet new colleagues. We want to, we want to expand our networks. We want to, we want to think about diverse thinking and get different opinions. But, uh, you know, personally, what, what's always drove me crazy about those events is, is the same question at the beginning. What do you do? So I would like to be asked and will ask people, uh, what are you passionate about? What drives you? Um, what do you what do you spend your time most doing? Like, like who's the person behind? Because what you do is not who we are, and that's the, and that just has always. I think it's why I don't like networking events. But <laughs> but we're but if we could inject a little bit of like let's like who's the human in there? You know, um, it's not the label of what I do. So that I would, if I, someone at a networking event asked me that, I'd be like, oh, yes, let's talk about that. Our, our passions outside of work and, and who we are as people. Mm, well, that kind of segues perfectly to my next question. What's, uh, what's your passion, Chantel and Brian? <laughs> yeah. And, and it is, so it's people driven for me and it, it's honestly about how I make someone feel. So what's important to me? What if someone said that, like, if what would you want to leave or what's your legacy or, or whatever it it? How have I made someone feel and have I left them in a better place than when I first met them? If I can answer that for myself and we can answer that for our business, I feel we're doing the right thing. Like we're looking at the world the right way. So that would be great. Yeah, Thank you same. for asking. 
Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Just leaving the world a better place as you found it and just adding as much positivity and value as you can while you're here. So I guess that's mine too. <laughs> I only have a couple more questions here for you guys. What are you maybe proud of that we haven't touched on so far in the interview? Um, probably, I guess, our involvement in the community and the, and the things that we do um, in the community. You don't want to say, hey, we do this, we do that and stuff. But there's a lot of things that now that we're in a position to give back that we do and we have been. So everything from, um, I mean, I've been a, a volunteer business mentor for 15 years with Futurepreneur Canada. Um, and I, and then when we first started our, the, the company, it was like, well, how can you advise others and you can't do this for yourself? Because I'm chicken. That's why. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Um, you know, where Chantal sits on the board of Black North. She's the co-chair of... Uh, Distress Center Calgary. Um, we're involved in, in, you know, raising money for events uh, with, you know, things like um, uh, Make-A-Wish, um, ARC, Adolescent Alcohol Recovery Center, uh, all these things. Um, and we don't go out there and we say it, but we are involved in it and the people that know us in the community know our involvement in those things. So um, we've been blessed to be able to make a difference and make you know, other people's lives better. Uh, and that's that's what we're doing, including the people that work for us, you know. So, um, yeah, we're, we're I think we're pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What's maybe something that you guys have read or listened to that's really inspired you? Oh, I have something for that. Oh, he's got. <laughs> I oh, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, love. you're right. Oh, look, there's props, Joe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like who would have thought, right? So okay. I don't know if you can see this. This um this book it's called Women of Inspiration. It's written by Monica Kretschmer, um, the CEO of um uh, of Women of Inspiration. Sorry, the book is Women Driving Change. Um, and it contains the story of a hundred women. Um, across the country uh, and their journeys and their hardships and what they've been able to do to accomplish um, all those challenges and roadblocks that they experienced to get to where they are today. So each of those stories is really cool. And it's got people in there like um, Hazel McCallion, you know, being the, the, the mayor of Mississauga for 46 years, you know, Manjeet Minhas, a local Canadian uh, or Calgary um, celebrity on Dragon's Den, um, Gloria Steinem, uh, and it's got like all these stories are inspirational um, to us, actually. And, and you know, to meet Monica last year to be part of this um, was a real thrill. She's, you know, she's devoted to gender equality, um, diversity and stuff. And so it just fit right in. And boy, we uh, we fit in good with her. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was that was really fun to be part of, and we're you know we're lucky to be in the book and, and featured there. But it was more so like Brian said, all the people that we met and the stories and just what they've come from in order to overcome and to it, like it's fascinating just to see. Um, yeah, so that that was just really really cool um, to to be part of for sure. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate uh, you sharing that. Uh, where can our listeners connect with you online if they want to connect or pick your brain or just even reach out? Yeah, le at level.ca and it's level with two Vs. And, you know, all of our information is there. Or you'll see us on social. We do a lot uh, through obviously LinkedIn, but also Instagram, 
Um, Facebook, we're all over the place. Our Indigenous program starts Monday. So we're certainly right now looking for employment for our first graduating class. So I think that's our big message today is we have 24 that are going to be very talented software testers at the end of this that in the IT and the tech sector that we talked about, um, what an opportunity to bring some of our students, our graduates and internships, uh, and let's do this together and help, uh, you know, lessen the digital divide um, between Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Yeah, the um, the interesting thing on, on, on that program, I forgot to mention it, Joe, was, um, so this program, when, when the, the women in, in uh, Rwanda wrote the certification exams in this program, they passed at a rate of almost double that that any other country in the world uh, had doing this. And this, this organization is 120 countries, so it's significant. And so the thing that we like to say is that, you know, intelligence is something distributed equally throughout the world. Opportunity is not. Uh, and that was one of the reasons why we're there. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this with level in our Indigenous communities here is to create, create those opportunities. So. Awesome. You guys are definitely leveling the playing field. So I yes. really appreciate, uh, <laughs> appreciate your guys' work and appreciate you guys being on the podcast. Thanks for jumping on and sharing your stories. And um, yeah, I'm sure the listeners have had a great time listening to you guys, all your insights and golden nuggets, I like to call them. Thanks, Thanks Joe. This Joe. was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Thank you. Awesome. I'd love to end the podcast with one last question since it's a leadership podcast. Uh, so my last question to you guys is, uh, what does being a leader or leadership mean to you? Hmm. Well, you know, this goes to what we were talking about, uh, about leaving people in a better place. So my job as a leader, as far as I'm concerned, is to ensure that other leaders are able to grow and, gr and groom and become who they want to be. So my job as a leader is nothing more than um, fostering leadership in others, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Just, you know, creating that vision of where does it you want to go and then getting the talent to take you there and get out of their way, let them, let them do it. Right. And I know that, um, I heard a great uh, saying, uh, and it was in one of, uh, Monica's meetings that we were in and it was, you know, I think I, I said that behind every great woman, there's a man who got out of the way. Right. So. <laughs> I love that. I, just, I, I thought it was appropriate for all the women in this, in Monica's book and where they've come from and what they've accomplished, right? Like it's just, you know, you go. So. Hi, we're Brian Malloy and Chantal Malloy, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right, see you next time.